This is the Shoot Once Podcast. I'm Frank Walker. Welcome to the Shoot Once Podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is going to be a strange one, guys, and it's going to be off the... Kind of shooting from the hip a little bit. There's just been a lot of processing over the last few days. To put this in perspective, the last time I did a show, the expectation was that the Blue Jackets were going to play the Penguins with no fans in the arena. I recorded that show Wednesday night, uh, and then it, it published Thursday on Hockey Podcast Network, and then on Friday on the on the independent one. But obviously Wednesday night, everything went crazy when Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz po- uh, tested positive for having the coronavirus. The NBA shut down a game in the middle, and the whole league just went down. And, I mean, since that day, things have been happening so fast, so quickly, that it, it feels like the world changed in these in this last four or five days. And my head's been spinning as much as all yours has, I'm sure. It has just been a whirlwind. Just, it's just been unbelievable. Um, I mean, most of the normal things we do on the show, projections and standings and all that, it's all out the window right now. Nobody knows what's happening. If you aren't familiar with the events, which if you're listening to Hockey Podcast, I'm not sure how you wouldn't be, but essentially after an NBA player tested positive for the coronavirus, the NBA within an hour, it seemed, I think, suspended their league uh, and, and said, you know, they would look at when to return to play, but at this time they weren't playing. The NHL said they were aware of the situation and they would report the next day what they, you know, they would have an announcement the next day. From the reporting and from how it sounds, it almost seemed immediately as if Gary Bettman made the decision the, se- the season was going to be suspended. Uh, it sounded like a lot of that had to do with crossover between Rudy Gobert's when, when he played for the Jazz and how quickly NHL teams were overlapping and in the same locker rooms the Jazz had been in just a day or two before. And so you just... I mean, you understand why they made the decision. Uh, it sounds as if they pretty much just, in, on the conference call, Gary Bettman, from what it sounds like, from what I've heard in the reporting, just pretty much told the teams, this is what we're going to be doing. Uh, this is where we're going. And the league... From everything I've read since, and, and Pierre Lebrun did a pretty good piece, did a really good piece in, in The Athletic about it, just breaking down what happened during the conversation with the GMs, is that it seems like the league's primary position this whole time is going to be making sure none of the players have have the coronavirus. And that if they do, treatment is done, and that we can get to the other side of that. It seems like the primary goal is to get to a point where the league can operate with an assumption that nobody has it. Nobody who's going to be on the ice has it. Now, where things got further complicated, because, again, from the last time I talked with you, the idea was that nobody was, in the state of Ohio, nobody would be allowed to have a gathering of a 1,000 people. Tonight, when I'm recording this, the state recommendation is down to 100. They've essentially closed all bars and restaurants unless you're doing takeout food. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's escalated very quickly. Uh, the CDC came out with a, their, the first recommendation from the federal government about what to do, which is 
whole other topic that I won't be getting into. Um, but that they are saying they want to, they don't, their recommendation is for no gatherings of 50 people for two months, which would put us into, I mean, we're essentially talking into mid May at this point, which that's right when you're hitting the end of the NHL playoffs. I mean, early June is normally when the, 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 the Stanley cup is awarded and that just throws another wrench into how everything's going to go. Uh, Cause I mean, I can't see anybody going against what the CDC recommends now. Just as a personal aside, because I've seen a lot of confusion about it on Twitter and Facebook already, the CDC recommendation is not the same as when governors are putting things in place. Just a quick aside, in America we have a separation of powers. Um, Things like schools, things like orders for public health, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, the federal government has the ability to step in and do some of those things, but the state and local governments have a lot more power to do them quickly, which is why you're seeing some states, especially if you're a Canadian and you're not familiar with how our stuff works, that's why you're seeing some states that are keeping schools open, some that aren't. Um, from what you've been able to tell in, in the news of all the states, uh, Ohio's governor seems to be one of the most aggressive in to just shut this stuff down and move on. And, and go to whatever his next step is and trying to get things helped. And where we're at, guys, this is going to be a huge complication for a while, obviously. I mean, the season's been suspended. And there's so many ramifications that aren't even being thought of in some ways in, in general hockey circles. Because people can go, okay, when can they get the season back? We've got to figure out where this thing's going first. Um if you've seen online, people have talked about flattening the curve and you've seen that, that thing of the flatten the curve. What I think the NHL's thought is, is that if they wait for the curve to actually be going down and for this thing to be totally over, the season will be done. There will not be a season. So I believe the NHL's plan is to try and make sure the players are healthy. And I think the real, probably the most if your hope is that the season will happen, that there will be some kind of conclusion to the 2019-2020 NHL season, I think your most likely bet is that you will see games played with no fans. Because from what we're starting to see in here in these projections of the pandemic and what's going to happen next, it doesn't sound like things are going to let up in enough time before we'd be hitting in the next season. But, or before you have to hit like an off season of some sort, because you have to have some kind of off season. Um, and, and there's all sorts of other issues. Like the NHL has told, you know, GMs have asked, okay, what about calling up any AHL players? Or uh, when the season resumes, can we call up players from the CHL? Who, in theory, how that would how that normally works in a season is the CHL's team season is over, so you can call up a CHL player and they can play on your team. They're kind of known as black aces when you pull up, call them up in the playoffs. So far, the NHL has told teams, no, do not do it. And that kind of goes back to that original idea of, well, if we if we can know that the players who are on NHL teams now don't have the coronavirus, those are groups of people we can control as far as who they get to, all that sort of stuff. And that seems to be the NHL strategy at this point, to control the teams themselves and to try and get those people, make sure they're healthy, and then you can resume play with them. 
I think the most logical idea I heard about how the NHL is going to address things like how the schedule would go, who's still playing, and all of that. Um, but I think Portsline made a good point about just he thought there were certain teams that their season was done. But his point was if the team if the season happens again, he doesn't think the Blue Jackets will be done. And when you look at the standings, you can see why. There's on on either side, the East and the West. There's a handful of teams that. And where it's really tricky in the East is things like if you were to take the standings as they are today, the Blue Jackets are in the playoffs. But if you go to points percentages, some people think you should, and I can see a great argument as to why you would, obviously. Then the Blue Jackets don't make the playoffs. But then you're running into so many things, questions of fairness and whether you're even concerned about that because we're in such an extraordinary time. Uh, you know, and, and then when you start saying, oh, well, teams within this many points, you're getting in. I mean, it's going to be messy. No, Nobody's going to be totally happy with what's going to happen. I think the most logical thing I heard about how this would happen is Bob McKenzie said on one of TSN's radio shows that what he believes is going to happen is the NHL is going to have plans A through Z, and each one of them is going to be tied to a date in terms of if we can, you know, if players can get back into training at this day, then this is the plan we can go with. If it's this day, this is the plan we can go with. And all the way down the line to, okay, that's it, we're done. If the season isn't going to happen, nothing will happen. And if, in my mind, if you're the NHL, you are comfortable with, if it was me anyway, I mean, I guess I can't say what the NHL would do. If it was me and I'm the NHL, I would be totally comfortable with anything from, I've seen rumors of, a, of doing essentially a 2014 playoff with like amended rounds and some things being play-in games, which I can see some logic in that where it's just, okay, you were this close to the playoffs. Now, is it fair that a team that was like the Blue Jackets are in a playoff spot and a team like the Rangers that are, you know, four or five points out, is it fair that they both play one game this year gets in? I mean, not exactly, but again, we're in extraordinary times. So at least you're settling it on the ice somehow. Um, but I can see that going all the way to, if I'm the NHL, the drop-dead point is, can I get in three series? Because I would be comfortable all the way to whoever led the division. We'll just have four teams. We'll just start with the final four. The four division leaders will play each other. You know, will play, you know, Eastern Conference Final, Western Conference Final, Stanley Cup. And I get it that some people would be really upset about that. There's a lot of seasons where obviously that, you know, just winning a division isn't going to get you a Stanley Cup. But it would give us something decided on the ice. I mean, that would be something. The only division and all that that I think would have much in the way of an argument. Uh, I mean, Boston's led their division all season. They're eight points ahead of the next team. And you go out west. I mean, actually, all the divisions are really close, so people probably wouldn't be real happy about that either. I mean, for Philadelphia to have the season, they didn't get all the way to 89 points and scrap back, and then if they just, nope, Washington's going to get it over you. And even then, you have the question of, okay, do you do it by points percentage or do you do it by, you know, the standings as they are now? Because when you look at the uh, central division, St. Louis has 94 points in 71 games. Colorado has 92 points in 70 games. I mean, it's a little easier when you get to the Pacific because you got 71 and 71 games played between Vegas and Edmonton, and Vegas has 86, Edmonton only has 83. But you're, you're not going to have a, a great situation for anybody in what's going to happen. 
uh, it's going to be a trick for anyone there. So so that's going to be uh, craziness there. Um, when we're talking the the other story that has kind of permeated social media when it comes to the NHL is whether teams are paying their arena staff essentially while things are not happening. And this seems to be, you know, people who are ticket takers, ushers, different kinds of arena staff. Now there's a big hole in the story that Captain Cornelius on Twitter keeps pointing out, which is that what about the subcontracted people? Because a lot of the food service people aren't actually Blue Jackets employees. They're employed by another company the Blue Jackets hire. Are those people included by this? Um, what's been happening in, in for most of these teams is a lot of teams stepped up early and said, yeah, we're going to pay those folks because this is going to be a hard time for them, the loss of income, all of that. Uh, a few teams didn't want to do it, but most of them seem to have been guilted into it at this point. Uh, the most the most obvious example I can think of off the top of my head is the Calgary Flames, where the Flames distinctly said, no, we're not going to do it. And then their players started to go fund me where the players were contributing to pay those people's wages, which is real. Tr- I mean, that makes the organization look awful. Now, I've seen some people go after... Uh, the Panthers, and not as much the Penguins, but like in the Panthers situation, Sergei Bobrovsky pledged $100,000 to help cover those people's pay as much as he could during this time, and then the Panthers' ownership said they would step in for, for the rest. And I saw a lot of people get on the Panthers for that, and and I've seen some people get on just other teams for, oh, why do the players contribute, and why can't the owner just do it all? This is what I think probably happened in those situations. I think some manner of one of these two things happened. In Florida, what very well may have happened is Bobrovsky stepped up and did it, and either when he did, ownership felt guilted into it, or maybe ownership was thinking of doing it all along, and they, they're they fine with Bob looking good in it, and they're fine with just let him... You know, make, make him the face of it. And, and maybe Bob, even when they said, no, Bob, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. He's like, no, I want to. I mean, that's possible. A lot of these hockey guys donate a lot of things to charity, and things right now are crazy, so I can see why they would open up the checkbook. Um, in some of the other cities where they're doing these things, where they're kind of, how they're doing it is, they're essentially making it where the ownership is donating money to the teams, like nonprofit, their community fund, all that, and then that's who's paying them. And it has to do with tax implications and a bunch of complicated stuff. And it wouldn't surprise me if in some of these cities, the players either found out or were told ownership was doing it, at which point the players said, hey, we want to help too. That would not surprise me. And if that's the case, if you're the owner, you're probably not looking at the players and saying, no, boys, don't, no, 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 step back. It, it's probably one of the things where they want to, so you let them. I, I just... If the if they're if they're being covered and ownership is involved, I'm not going to criticize. I think that's just wanting it too perfect. Oh well, the only ownership should pay. The players should never have to pay. And you know, if the players want to get involved, they can get involved. I don't think anybody made a player do something they didn't want to. Um, so that's that's where I think I think some people are wanting to just have some kind of bone to pick. Uh, there's a certain amount of and this is a tricky thing we all fall into, and man, we're seeing a lot right now, but a certain problem of if you already have a worldview, no matter what you see in front of you, you'll make sure to fit it to that worldview. Um, The one I'm seeing a lot, and 
I'm going to take a second to address this. If you follow me on Twitter, at ShootOnesPod, I have been very vocal over the last few days about people, in, you know, really going with this social distancing strategy and really embracing this, you know, flatten the curve and people cutting down on going out to restaurants. And by cutting down, I mean, you, at this point, pretty much don't do it. I mean, you really try and minimize as much contact as you can have with people so that we can try and save as many people as possible in all this mess, and all this craziness that's going to happen here. And it, it's led to me having to go back and forth with a lot of people who are like, oh, it's just the media making this up. I don't get into politics on my show. I try and minimize it. We've reached a point, though, where things are reaching into our world, and, I mean, there's no sports to talk about. So if you want me to stick to sports, there's nothing left at this point, guys. If you're somebody sitting out there going, well, this is just a media creation, think about that for a second. Think about it. How many countries are involved in what's going on? How many organizations? How many news organizations? And how many of them are still trying to hold up this idea that, oh, well, it's just a media invention? You got a couple of commentators from Fox News still trying to hang on to that. It's not true. I live in a state with a, a Republican governor who never said a word against our current president, who has been a Republican his whole career, and he is jumping headfirst and seeing this problem. This is a thing that's coming. Prepare yourselves, prepare your families. If, if you haven't started doing the social, the social distancing and, and really cutting down on a lot of things yet, do it. Now, don't go panic buy stuff. We're not going to have problems with supply lines. Even in the countries where this is really bad, like Italy, that's not happening. All that panic buying does is, uh, like, if, if someone goes out and you start buying all the toilet paper, other people start seeing there's less toilet paper, so they buy more thinking there's going to be a shortage, and it creates shortages out of what we're doing. Don't do that kind of crazy stuff. And I really didn't intend for this show to be all about this, but it's what this one at least is going to be. Um, my plan going forward is more of these shows are going to be just me talking about goofy stuff, fun stuff to watch on Netflix, shows I like. You know, fun stuff to do. I might do a whole episode about a kitten we got the other day. I, I don't even know. I might do an in-depth episode about we went to Disney on a vacation. I might do an in-depth episode about Disney and how to try and make the most out of that if, you know, whenever that opens up again. It's a whole other ball of wax, but there's just, you know, they, I want the shows to be about other things because obviously when you listen to the show, there's tons of stuff about COVID-19 out there. And tons of talking about it. But I felt like we had to get the perspective out there. That I had to kind of say what I was thinking on it. Um, going back to the story about the, the team arena employees being paid. Every, what we know about the Blue Jackets so far is that we don't know. Um, Ports line, whenever, whenever reporters have been asked to have an inside line of the Blue Jackets. Everything we keep getting told is there will be a press conference sometimes early this week. Uh, there will be some kind of press release maybe about what the Blue Jackets are doing, and then we'll know. At this point, with how many teams have been guilted into it, I would, I'd be surprised and, yes, disappointed if the Blue Jackets don't do things to try and take care of those people. Um, in anything else, just in that, I, yeah, Ohio's done a lot of things as far as trying to make unemployment easy for people affected by this, but just so those people have some sense of security and what's going on would be good and so that it's not uh, an extra thing on the state's plate while this is going on I think it would be a good thing to do 
Uh, but I just, we'll know, we'll know more come early this week. Maybe by the time you actually listen to the show, we'll know what the Blue Jackets are doing for them. Uh, something that came to me was, when I was thinking about this is, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the, the team leadership like Mike Priest prob- might have been able to come up with an answer already. But you've also got ownership, John H. McConnell, who is other than Warrington in Industries, who is dealing with so much right now as far as with his own business. That's the majority that's where his, you know, where his family's wealth has actually come from. It's dealing with all the craziness of his employees because he has a factory. I mean, this isn't the kind of thing where people can go work from home. But they do a lot of machining and metal parts. It's also not the kind of thing we can shut down right now because if they do parts for things that the world needs, it's not like the world doesn't need them anymore just because more people have to stay home sick. I mean, we're still going to need factories to make stuff and other things to happen. So there's a lot of craziness right now. Um, I hope the show's going forward or not about the craziness. I'm going to try and minimize that. I think we're going to hit a period, kind of a lull here for a couple of weeks where there's just nothing new coming out for a while. The expectation that, that Pierre Maguire was listing was that in probably three weeks the NHL will know if they're going to do something. I, I don't think that's the case. I think when he wrote that article, I don't think everything had quite hit the fan as much as it has now. I think I think we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll all be in this together. We're all going to figure this. We're all going to be you know pushing through. Um, but last thing I can say for this week's episode, for this episode... Stay safe, wash your hands, minimize going out. If you have to go out, keep the right distances from people. Try and keep your eyes and ears open for other people who need help and do so in whatever ways you can. And finally, go Jackets. This has been the Shoot Once Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shoot Once Pod.